0: This is a Retail Insider Podcast. You're listening to the Interview Series. Welcome to the Retail Insider Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Patterson. And with us today is Suzanne Sears. She's president of Best Retail Careers International, as well as Luxury Careers Canada. Welcome, Suzanne.
1: Well, thank you for having me on today, Craig.
0: So we've got a lot to talk about today. Uh, Let's start off with a recent poll that we did about how retail employees are feeling about returning back
1: to work, and vaccines? Well, it's a very interesting point. Um, We ran the survey. We had a very significant response. And by and large, in fact, at least 68% of retail staff at every level said they had concerns about working with co-workers who were not vaccinated, a slightly smaller percentage, but still significant, 65% felt that they were uncomfortable or nervous about serving customers who are not uh, vaccinated. And of course, they all felt strongly that mask wearing should continue, uh, both for staff and for customers. Um, It's creating a little bit of resistance in the return to work movement.
0: Holy cow. Um, And now the government of Ontario also announced, uh, it was actually September 1st, I believe, that Proof of vaccination um, is going to be required in uh, various settings like restaurants, stores, and you know other public venues. Uh, now that we're seeing more provinces like Quebec, Ontario, well, actually pretty much all of them at this point, mandating proof. What do you? All of them. Yeah, what do you think the impact is uh, going to be moving forward on retail and otherwise?
1: I think at this point, retail is disappointed that they aren't included. it. Um, they especially can't understand why. Um, I think they would have felt. Um, very much in support of the vaccine passports, as most Canadians are, to include non-essential retail um, when you think about it, most of them are small interior spaces. The street stores of course, have no capacity for these advanced ventilation systems. Uh, the malls are are better equipped to do that, but once you're in one of the mall stores, again, you're in a fairly uh, more confined environment in some aspects. So I think that overall, retailers would support it, and they're just genuinely concerned that they've been Hmm. left out.
0: Now, with the new mandates being brought uh, forward with the COVID protocols, who's responsible for the extra cleaning that's required in the stores?
1: Well, the entire cleaning issue has become one of uh, real debate, and I'll tell you why. Most of the scientists now are saying this is a small particle virus that is an aerosol, and that we're cleaning not much of anything that has an impact on the Delta variant, at least. Um, So this excessive amount of cleaning that we're doing is of questionable value. In general, um, the staff resent doing it. Um, They consider themselves professional um, brand ambassadors, guiders, um, assisting customers to enhance their lifestyle and the whole idea of Here's a rag, go sterilize things or sterilizing as they're serving the customer um, it is somewhat offensive to them. And again, I mean, we need better guidance from um, the health boards, but most scientists are saying, yeah, none of that's probably necessary. It's not going to help with an aerosol virus.
0: Mm-hmm. And there was some you know, retail employees who were very unhappy with having to clean. We were talking about this before mm-hmm. in terms of, oh, my. Yeah, I know it's.
1: Well, you know, I mean, if you have a degree in retail management from Ryerson University or any of the other esteemed bodies, um, the idea of your career wasn't to spend one or two hours a day cleaning. Yeah. And certainly when you're giving the luxury service to have to stop, show you know, show a person a handbag, for example, and then stop and clean it before you put it back, it interrupts the... um, feel and the relationship and it's a reminder um it makes customers nervous too oh yes this could be un- unhealthy for me um i think the cleaning part pretty much has to go but again nobody wants to drop it until the government takes a position on it
0: interesting holy cow now um let's talk a little bit about uh, uh proof of vaccination so It it doesn't look like, in terms of retail yet, that there is, you know, mandated proof of vaccination. But we do know that in restaurants, if you want to go into a dining room, I think in most parts of the country, pretty soon, if not now, depending where you are, Mm -hmm. you gotta show your proof of vaccination. Whose responsibility uh, is it, or will it be, to to check for proof of vaccination for for people coming into these businesses?
1: Well, unfortunately, it's probably going to be left to the most junior people on the team Mm. to stand at the door, the your typical hostess who's going to have to request the information. I heard of a story just this week where a hostess in New York was assaulted by three men from Texas for even asking. So there is a lot of fear and concern. Um, Are we going to have to get to the point where you have security at the front door? That may be so. I mean, Mm -hmm. although these smaller venues certainly can't afford it, but at the same time, The the only government, the guidance that the Ontario government has given, at least, is, well, if you have a problem, call 911. And, I mean, we have very expensive police resources needed for more things than to um, enforce vaccination passports. Mm -hmm. So I think it's definitely a problem. Although, I'll tell you, I have to give credit to the restaurant industry. They've gotten right out in front of this because they do support it. Mm -hmm. It'll encourage more people to return to work. And they're critically understaffed, as retail is, but even worse. Um, And and a lot of these small businesses have already, as early as last week, saying, hey, we want your business. Here's what it's going to look like on the 22nd. Don't even come here if you're not vaccinated. We're going to demand that all our staff are vaccinated, our bands, our artists, our servers. You can't come in our doors unless you're vaccinated. And if you don't like it, you know, we'll see you after the pandemic. They're just not even, they don't want to be involved with this uh, proof of prior illness so that we know you have antibodies. They're not interested in a 72-hour-old COVID test. It's just all in. And I think you're going to see that pattern continue where it's 100% everything, everyone vaxed, or just don't come here. I don't think they they have the time or the patience for all the mitigating factors, you know, or prove that maybe you have an exemption. Mm -hmm. Did you see that crazy story yesterday? There was a doctor in a walk-in clinic in Richmond Hill, I think it was, or somewhere in North Toronto, um, handing out uh, VAX, VAX passport exemptions to anyone who wanted them just because they asked. Wow. And they had hundreds and hundreds of people lined up around the door. Eventually, his name got published. And so I'm not sure what action was taken, but I kind of think that might not have been entirely legal. But he was doing it. Holy. There were hundreds of people lined up.
0: Oh, of course there were. And they were probably the same people who were protesting in downtown Toronto at hospitals.
1: I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, you're probably right. Be- yeah. oh. I th- I th- you know, I think honestly, um, it should have included retail. Because, you know, you want to restart this economy and retail composes at least, you know, the most significant dollars uh, to the economy of, of any industry, especially in Ontario. And you can't fully restart if everyone's not back to work because regardless, you know, you might be able to open the doors, but it's pretty hard to sell if you don't have staff there. And what it's what is doing, this lack of staff, is driving people to shop online, which is, again, has lots of supply chain issues. So the importance of the frontline people is can't be overstated. And the sooner that they feel safe enough to come back to work, the better it is for the entire economy.
0: So we've actually been talking about this for a while, Suzanne. It's about understaffing in stores. We actually even did a uh, presentation for the International Council of Shopping Centers Conference in 2019. And we were talking about how retail was understaffed. It created an emergency situation. And we were looking at, before the pandemic, having understaffing by about 10%. But now I think we're seeing vacancies, what, in the 20 to 40%? Easily. Tell me what you're seeing. Yeah, Easily. My God, tell me what you're seeing in terms of vacancies in stores and what impact this is going to have.
1: Well, you have to divide it up into cohorts. Let's take the people who have their 20, 30 years into the career of retail, and a good number of them have said, it's not the same, I'm done. And they're taking retirement or early retirement, maybe coming back here and there to work full-time, do a bit of consultancy. But, you know, there's nothing like a deadly virus to convince you that the quality of your life is rather valuable. And how much of it are you going to devote in the nine-to-five routine? So there's been massive numbers of people um, resign for that reason and saying, no, it's time. And the virus uh, gave them the impetus to do that. They have savings. They have side gigs. You know, uh, some always wanted to go up north and paint. And they're doing that. And that's your older cohort. cohort. But when they go, it leaves a knowledge va- vacuum behind. The maturity, the wisdom, the how to solve complex problems. And that basically falls on the middle generations. uh, Let's say 30 to 50. And these people are getting promoted at a furious pace. But they want more money. They are not going Hmm. to do these more senior jobs, have more responsibilities, and not be paid for. And not only that, but they are going to tell you, they're in such demand, they're going to tell you how this job is going to be, how many hours they're willing to work, how many hours they may do, From even especially jewelers. Now, a lot of their work is not in the store. They're managing customers at home. So they will tell you what pay they're interested in, how far they're willing to travel, to go to work, which I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt, if your place of employment is more than fifteen minutes away, you're going to get resistance. Why? They don't want. They don't own cars anymore. They can't be bothered. Um, and number two, they are reluctant to take transit. So I, I know you and I have both commented how there's nobody at Union Station at, at the Young Street subway there. You know, which is unheard of. It's almost shocking to see so few people. But that's one of their terms and conditions. I don't care how great the job is if it's more than fifteen, maybe twenty minutes away. Sorry, call me when you've got a job closer. And this creates one heck of a conundrum because, of course, especially the power centers were built on the very fringes of communities. Uh, Now, communities have grown up around them to a certain extent, but you know if they don't have really quick, rapid transit to get to these places. They just turn the jobs down, and they're not particularly worried. So this middle generation comes with, you're going to have to train them. They're not coming to you with all this wisdom. You're going to have to pay them what they think they're worth. I can tell you I've been almost completely unsuccessful in any region of the country in offering jobs that pay less than $20 an hour, even though in Ontario, the minimum wage is 14 and a quarter going up to the big 1435. Um, can't give those jobs away. 20 bucks an hour is pretty much the bottom line. And then, of course, you have Holy. your younger cohort just fresh out of school. And uh, I'll tell you what they're doing they're going back for more school. Um, wow. They are not accepting, um, re- there, there's a good strong body of them that are willing to work part time. But uh, as permanent, part-time or permanent full-time. No. Um, They're delaying adulthood, if you will, by five years. They're either going back to school for more degrees or the minute travel opens up, they're gone. They want to do humanitarian work, charitable work. Um, They just refuse to buy into the capital, you know, the capitalistic concept. So the ability to recruit from that cohort is slim to none But if you are lucky to recruit, you have to train them yourself. So, you know, what's amusing is to see job ads saying five years experience, 10 years experience. You may as well say no experience because regardless of the position you're trying to fill, you're going to have to train these people at least 50% of the job you expect them to do. They may come with some core skills. But basically, you're going to retrain and train every single one, which causes retailers a heck of a panic because very few of them have learning divisions or learning managers. They have HR people, but they don't have dedicated learning streams. And they're going to find, if they're not finding that out right now, they got to do that very rapidly. You've got to find your people, just find them for attitude. You're going to have to pay them more than you want, you're going to have to give them flex time and let them work when they want. And oh, yes, you're also going to have to train. So the old days of here's the job description. You must have this. You must work this, these hours, and this is your pay. And that pretty much gets the thumbs down.
0: Oh, So So more pay is something that we're seeing. Like even Amazon um, announced that they're going to be paying their uh, employees in Canada more money. I mean, I know that's not like sales floor type retail, but that's still you know a, a retailer.
1: Oh, it's very significant because... You know, if someone says, look, I can go pack boxes for Amazon, get a signing bonus of 1000 or $2,000. And, oh, by the way, they'll pay my tuition, which they're starting to do, pay college tuition. You know, what's in it for me to stand behind your counter and uh, clean, you know, with a sanitizing rag? You know, it's very difficult to make retail as appealing as it once was. You know, the fun of retail should be surrounded by these either exciting or interesting or beautiful products. And you'd have conversations all day with all kinds of different people from all over the world. And now it's, here's your spray bottle and rag. You know, I mean, it's lost its glamour. So the retail has to find a way to make working in retail not only safe, but fun. If I'm a retailer right now, I'd absolutely put in my own Vax mandate policy to hack with it. What are you going to lose? you You know, unless you're a children's retailer, so the kids won't. Well, the kids are exempt anyway, up to age 12. So forget about that. So unless you're, you know, selling to tweens, by and large, how much business are you going to lose by not catering to the unvaccinated? There's such a small percentage. And yet, effectively, they hold the rest of us hostage. I just put in my own mandate and let the chips fall where they may.
0: Wow. Now, in terms of um, you know, a lack of um, retail staff and stores, what impact would this have on, on retailers? And again, we've talked about you know, a lack of, of bandwidth you know, affecting revenue, but tell me a little bit more about that.
1: Uh, vacancies cost money. In fact, my most recent September blog is called The Curse of Vacancies. If anyone cares to read it, you're always welcome to sign up to my newsletters. Um, the Curse of Vacancies is basically this. If you don't have someone to sell it on the floor, you're losing money. So if your typical staffing position was you had four salespeople, and now you have three, you are not saving money. You are losing the productivity of the fourth person. So your entire organizational chart was designed to pay X number in wages to deliver Y in sales. When one of that piece of the x number of people is missing, by default, you're losing y in sales. But not only that, now the extra workload, the burden has shifted to the other three the remaining ones. They start to get burnt out, they start to get angry, and they start, and the turnover starts going up. Full staffing is a critical piece of retail. Um, it was MIT that did a study about oh, predates. Uh, Recent times, probably around 2013, that showed for every vacancy that you have, you are losing four times the value of that person's salary in sales and productivity. So, if that person you were paying them $1,000 a month, you're losing $4,000 a month in sales. So, if you extrapolate that across bigger organizations with hundreds or thousands of people, imagine the money you're leaving on the table because you're not fully staffed. It brings us into this collision between HR who have focused so much in the last few years on fit. Everyone has to be a fit. Um, So we'll pass by anyone who's not a fit rather than fill the chair. And that policy and practice is really under fire now because all the recent studies show the only time is valuable to hire for fit is if you have a great concept that's already steamrolling ahead and you just want more of it. You're not looking for new, fresh, or change. Great, hire for fit and hire a whole bunch of people all the same with same values and education, etc. But if you expect growth, if you want to do growth, you want to do change, the studies are conclusive. You must hire people not for fit. You want people different than you. You want to bring in people that you may never have considered before. There is absolutely no reason why someone who has sold cars can't sell cell phones. You know, there's some, there's a learning curve on the product, but that would be anywhere they were. So rather than limiting themselves to everyone has to fit and leave vacancies and we will try and end uh, turnover, is far better off financially and economically to fill the seat with the best possible person you can, whether they're a fit or not, huh. probably a more valuable skill is do you like them? Do they like you? <laughs> People who are likable do better, you know? Yeah. So I think it's throwing out a lot of old HR policies as well. Uh, but the urgency to fill those chairs overrides the necessity for fit. Because I don't know one retailer right now who's so got it going on that they don't need to change or grow at all. I don't know. One. Wow. So it's about time they threw that old formula out, started fresh and started started hiring people who want to work for them, who want to learn. That's, that's kind of more key. So retailers can fix this vacancy problem, but they have to change their mindset. Mm-hmm. They have to change. What can retailers do
0: to recruit the right talent? Um, I mean, besides paying them more?
1: Um, if they can find a way to make retail fun, mm-hmm. and here we go, you know, I mean, retailers who have rules, you can't have your cell phone with you on the sales floor, which is just stupid because a person who has their cell phone on the floor can say, hey, look at these jeans that just came in and they're only 1999 dollars and do a blast. Or you can use their cell phones to say, hey, we have a vacancy here for a full-time person. I, I'll Come and work with me. You've got to use your staff as your own marketing tools. And to do that, you have to be willing to let them have their cell phone on the floor and advertise that. And yes, once in a while, they'll send a text to their boyfriend. Mm-hmm. It's the price of being in the I generation. They really have to start thinking about the I generation and allowing them to function the way they really live. You can't take them and squeeze them into old school retail ideas. You know, I mean, they have to bring back things like educational allowances and have really structured training programs. Thing They love to learn. They love to learn. Um, but they also need a defined career path. So you're going to spend six months in this store, then we'll send you to Eaton Center for higher volume and and so on. They need structured career paths, not this ambiguous, well, we'll see how you do and if things work out, and if there's a vacancy, you know, they need structured career paths. And you have to make it fun. Um, You know, achieve this goal, win a trip to Algonquin Park. It doesn't even matter. Mm-hmm. But most um, retailers in Canada are structured in a suffer hard and then maybe we'll reward you. Uh, This doesn't work anymore. They're going to have to make it come and work for us. What's the most fun ever? We have pizza nights on Tuesday. You want to take six months off and, you know, when you can, and go travel to Africa to save elephants? Cool, come back. Then you can come back. They, They have to restructure retail staffing about less command and control and more input and teamwork. Um, Also, the rad ads have to change. If you keep posting job contracts, here are your responsibilities, here are your duties, here are your, you know, that doesn't sell. It's nobody reads them, nobody's interested in them. And then you wonder why you get bad hires or you don't get enough applicants. In other words, it's the I generation. You have to change everything, absolutely everything. Wow. And make it fun fun and easy
0: oh this is fascinating well uh, is there anything else we should uh, mention today about uh, vaccines and retail
1: uh i think retail has to lend its voice to fight for the majority and the majority of retailers want to be included in the vax pass
0: oh terrific well thank you so much suzanne it's been a pleasure speaking with you today you've uh taking time out of your full schedule. I know this is actually a really crazy busy time for you. So yeah, thank you so much for shedding some light on this. Uh, Really, really interesting topic. There's, of course, some controversy to it as well. And uh, for anyone interested uh, in learning more about uh, Suzanne Sears and uh, uh, Best Retail Careers International and Luxury Careers Canada, we've got uh, her information on our show notes. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening today. This has uh, been Craig Patterson. I'm uh, founder and editor-in-chief of Retail Insider with our guest, Suzanne Sears. Suzanne, thank you for joining us today.
1: Oh, thank you, Craig. I'm happy to um, talk about retail all day, every day.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much, everyone, for listening today. Take care and bye for now.